gentlemen, welcome in again. Another week of a double shot of the Comic Bookies podcast, episode 85, What's Going Down. Again, thank you so much, Frank Martin, for coming on the podcast in episode 84. Hope you guys listen to it and go support his new Kickstarter project that's already 100% funded. Congratulations, Macabre Motel. So can't wait for that to, I mean, shoot, I'm going to, you know, probably fund it and help him out and give me a hard copy of that book. But uh, Sean, Mark, what's going down, fellas? Happy Thursday to you guys. Adding to what you said, man, uh, previous episode, a very great interview with Frank Martin, the Macabre Hotel Motel. Definitely check it out, guys. Everything's good, guys. You know, it's a nice Thursday night. Had a great interview with Frank. Got a lot of good sports. Unfortunately, you know, a couple postponements in the NCAA football Saturday coming up. But no, playoff baseball is good. A new champion and a champion in basketball. Can't complain, man. Mark, how's everything, bro? It's going good, man. Unfortunately, we didn't get no NFL Thursday night football to talk about tonight due to Mike. You brought it up. The presidential debate, supposedly the second one was going to be on tonight. And obviously they don't want to compete with that. It's the most watched thing probably all year. But here we are. Uh, We had a great interview, as you guys mentioned, with Frank. Uh, We thank him so much for hopping on late night, coming all the way from New York. But, yeah, his uh, Kickstarter program seems to be uh, going strong. The Macabre Motel was really, really exciting. And uh, although he has a little bit of news for you guys on that, but for you sports fans, we're going to uh, we're going to make you guys check it out. If you guys want to know, know what the news was on that, a little surprise to his story that kind of caught me off guard. But uh, you guys have to check it out if you want to know it. But other than that, it's been good. And, uh, you know, work's been all right. We're catching this last wave of hot weather here in the Bay Area, guys. They call it Indian summer around these parts. Usually the best uh, usually the best uh, weather to ch- go check out. The foggy San Francisco is usually around this time, but um, yeah, I'm excited for uh, the fall. I'm not excited for daylight savings times, which is going to hit in about two weeks. So we're going to be looking at about 530 darkness, which gives you no time to do anything. If you're a father like myself and Mike that, you know, comes home, has to deal with the kids. And by the time you know it, it's dark. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I mean, the only benefit to that, me personally, like just having my daughter and now my son, who's two months this Sunday, I mean, when it's darker earlier, I guess that's kind of easier for us to get him trained on, you know, when you try to get him into a routine of sleeping, you know, it, it gets darker earlier. So, you know, it, it makes it easier to train him to, okay, the sun's down, we're going to bed, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's good. Um, but dude, Lakers, congratulations, you know, I guess uh, the bubble, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's an asterisk season because they played, I think what, at least three quarters of the actual season. But, um, you know, us being Warriors fans and kind of Laker haters, you know, we're not too big on the Lakers. So, I mean, Sean, like what you, you know, just like the gist of what the season was like, you know, give me that. Well, I think big picture, the bubble was great. You know, they actually had no confirmed cases throughout the whole thing. So that was obviously good. Fast forward, the Heat definitely, I won't say overachieved. I really liked them. But in the end. One of the L.A. teams, which we all kind of assumed was going to win, did win. And it was LeBron and Anthony Davis uh, and the Lakers. Obviously, some extra motivation, I'm sure, with the whole uh, loss of Kobe, which, again, another tragedy in sports. But, hey, congratulations. 
you know, it's one of those things that they won the championship, but with the whole, like, no fans, you know, it's not really that, like, buzz. I mean, they don't even have a scheduled Sarah, uh, parade. They're not going to do the parade until pretty much they said the pandemic is over, so they probably won't be having a parade anytime soon. But, yeah, you know, congrats to them. Let's go, Warriors. Next yeah, season, maybe. Shaw, we already know who the real winners in L.A. are. I mean, come on. The other team got Ty Lu. I mean, they five-year contract. They just I mean, you want to talk about the Lakers? They just got there, so we know who's coming for them the next five years, man. With their main guy Ty Lue at the helm, man. So, uh, nah, dude, congratulations. You gotta put start putting respect on LeBron's name because obviously uh, he doesn't have enough of it. But four rings later, three teams, and uh, gotta respect them. He's won a championship on every uh, team he's been on, so. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? What do you got to say? I know well, you got some. No, I know that the that the Celtics aren't you know too happy about this season because I think officially they're now tied with 17 championships. So this is probably I bet you Celtics fans are like nah, this don't count. This I mean they already talk crap about the um about the Lakers championships because I think a few of them are like ABA championships, but they count them as NBA championships. So yeah, um I'm sure they're not too happy waking up a few days ago when they actually won the championship. And as bad as I mean, I, I mean, if you think about it, as much as we already knew that the Lakers were probably going to win the championship this season, especially with the whole Kobe news that came out on what, January 20 something, I believe it was the, the horrific news. But if you really uh, think about it. I mean, it was already from the gate ever since game one with the plantar fasciitis on Drogic and Bam sitting out f- until I believe game four or three or something until he finally got in for Sean is saying. But yeah, I mean, the odds were already stacked against them as it was with LeBron and AD, just that two two headed monster coming at you out of uh, the Staples Center. But then you add on the fact that the two starters, two of their main guys, other than Jimmy Butler, you would say are their two biggest guys go out after game one. I mean, they try to make it interesting. Jimmy Butler did at least in that game of four, I believe. And it just, it was just too much to conquer, man. And at the end of the day, uh, no one was really going to beat LeBron, especially on Kobe's year, you know? So congratulations. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, there's not too much to say other than, the not too many people were tuning in. I'll tell you that much ratings have been bad for the NBA. I don't know if you guys have caught up on it, but looking like they're down about 75% since the mid nineties, uh, since the Jordan era. So, uh, NBA yeah, you were, guys got to, I mean, they were down, I believe 45% from game one of last year. Well, like we, well, like we said last week, 45% down from the you know Warriors and Raptors. And they were down 65% from the last time that LeBron was in the NBA finals. So that's pretty insane, you know? And I'll admit it. It's a little bit hard in a way I catch myself, you know, I've tuned into a couple of these uh, MLB playoff games that we got going on, by the way, tonight, the Braves just beat the Dodgers 10 to two. And the the Astros actually got a little bit of the Tampa Bay Rays in uh, walk off fashion in four to three. But Honestly, it's just I haven't tuned in as much as I would like into baseball. Maybe I'm a little bit bitter because our A's just pitching staff is elementary and couldn't do anything. But uh, it's just some of these sports. Maybe if I don't have a little bit of coin on it, it's been a little bit more challenging for myself 
with everything that's going on. We all know it's just a crazy time right now in America in particular. Shout out to our uh, new downloads out there, Mike, if you'd like to <laughs> if you'd like to give them a shout out real quick. Yeah, because I know they're so, not dealing what we're dealing out without here in America with two weeks until election time. It's just crazy. We saw what happened with Biden's son yesterday. And man, it's just it's kind of hard to really focus on sports, especially sports that, well, actually, baseball would be going on right now. But in a time where NBA is usually starting up, it just ended. It's just kind of weird right now. Weird times, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I know. So um, thank you so much to the uh, person who downloaded in two different countries. So uh, France. A big, you know, a big country. Thank you so much to the person in France downloading us and in the small country in the Middle East, Yemen. So thank you so much to those two people who downloaded the podcast. I hope that the, that number can grow and you can, you know, tell your friends about us, too. So, yeah, so let's get into baseball. So I think the Rays are still up three to two. You know, the the Astros gained some ground. And now what the Braves are up three to one. Now, after that stomping that they took yesterday, what, 15 to three or whatever and you know I, I was texting you guys you know just, I, I was on my way home and sean texted us uh 11 runs in the first inning i was like dude take the under tomorrow but then again the over still hit because the atlanta braves then turned around and scored 10 runs so that's serious that 3-1 dodgers on the verge of elimination with sean i know you're so happy about that well i mean come in into today's game i'm sure they were pretty pissed off losing yesterday but when i seen kershaw was on the mound i remember kershaw in the playoffs is never too successful i think in 11 starts he's given up four or more runs in the playoffs so yeah he started today i know he got scratched i think for game two because he's back and he's right back out you know doing his old tricks giving up a bunch of runs and the Braves, man, I mean, we all talked about them at some point during the season. Is this a team, you know, just to watch out for? It's kind of easy to go with the favorites, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees at some point, all these different big teams. But the Braves just had that, you know, hidden formula, and they're playing good baseball right now. It's 3-1, and, I mean, one game facing elimination. I really don't know what the Dodgers could do at this point. They still have a great roster, and they might be able to sneak out one more win, but with the confidence that the Braves are playing with, they've only lost one baseball playoff game this season it's hard to go against them and on the other side the rays i mean they lost and lost they lost in walk-off fashion today with the correa home run but i still like the rays you know they're playing good the only thing with them is they're kind of home run dependent they scored all their runs on solo homers today losing four three so i think they just need to you know get that confidence back get some base runners on they're not actually giving up too many runs. I mean, they gave up four, obviously, with the walk-off homer. But I think stepping back is just a fan. The good thing is just seeing some fans actually there, a little sense of normalcy. I mean, we've had that with football. Obviously, basketball, we didn't have any of that. But kind of what Mark said, you know, it's been hard to watch sports. And I think we really focus on the basketball aspect because just no fans there. I mean, we whether we say it or not, it just it, it adds to it. So, I mean, just watching the game yesterday and a lot of these, uh, you know, AL and uh, NL championship games, just seeing the fans there is, I don't know, it really makes it a little bit more entertaining. Well, you know, I think if the Houston Astros end up losing and if the Dodgers end up losing, that's two losers. But you know who the real loser in this situation is, is the guy sitting across from me right here on the screen I see is Mark, because uh, you've been texting us the last couple of days on the uh, t- two little teams. You know, that you were uh, talking about over the last weeks, months, <laughs> like, dude, like, 
nice calls, but damn, you've been like, oh my god, tell us about it, man. You know what? I'll tell you guys about it right now, and I'll tell you guys about everything I'm thinking about it, but at the end of the day, this is one of the things with baseball. It's not like basketball. It, we see in basketball year over year, there hasn't been much parity. Obviously, this year there was in the bubble, as Sean alluded to. It was fun. These these playoffs were actually really fun in this bubble. I don't know what it was. I think it might have been the college style form where they played every night, no travel. So, they didn't, you know, the resting time was at a minimum. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. In my opinion, it wasn't, OK, we know it's going to be the Warriors versus LeBron. Although we're huge Warrior fans here in the Bay Area, at the end of the day, you know, it's fun to see some parody, some competition, not just knowing exactly what's going to happen at the end of the season, year after year for five years, right? But uh, in, in this baseball, we see it last year. Who would have thought the Nats were going to win the World Series? Probably not many of us, right? But although you can have got them probably double-digit odds, right? And I think in the last 10 years, maybe if you can, I mean, there might've been that year Chicago Cubs won it, but I I could really think of only just one team, maybe in the last 10 years that won it, that was clearly the odds on favorite and should have won it that year. And was really the honest to God, you know, like best team that year. And that was the year the Red Sox won it. Uh, Was that in 2015, I believe, or was it five, four or five years ago? Sorry, don't quote me on that, but I know it was a couple years ago with Mookie Betts. I mean, they were the best team, and they won it, but that doesn't really come to fruition in the MLB. Like I mentioned last year, the Nats, I don't think too many people saw them, and now we're seeing it right now with the Braves. I mean, Alex, shout out Treasure Island Comics, our sponsor, but I know he's not going to want to hear this. Although he's a huge Laker fan and they got their championship, he thought that they're going to pull the treble, I mean the 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 double and be able to get the World Series as well, but it's just the best team usually doesn't win the World Series, guys, and I'm sitting here looking at two teams that I should have futures on like Mike mentioned. And yes, I'm the big loser. I take the big L right now because I mentioned, like I said, 75, episode 76, 77, all these episodes coming up until these playoffs that even at double, 10, 12 to ones, I was down with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Braves. But now the value is gone as they're, both teams are one game away from making the World Series in 2020, guys. Yeah, and it, I mean, and let's just go back to ten, you know last ten years. There's only been three decades that the Yankees have not won a World Series, and the 2010s were one of them. So when you go back and look at these two payrolls in the LA Dodgers and the New York Yankees on paper and in Vegas, how many times have they gone into a season and they're the top two, top three, top four, top five, you know, odds-on favorites to win the World Series, and neither of them have won. The Dodgers have not won a World Series since 1988. So and the Yankees haven't won a World Series since I th- believe it was like the very last year of the decade, 2008, 2009, something like that. So you're right, Mark. I mean, the team going into the year that is the odds-on favorite will probably not win, and that won't change, you know, until it does change, you know. And you know, and the ten- worst part of today is today is the anniversary of actually the 1988 World Series Kirk Gibson home run. Thank you, Sean. I'm going to go ahead and edit that out of the podcast. Yeah, we'll edit you. that out of the podcast. <laughs> Next. <laughs> that's the that, that's it, Sean, huh? Are yeah, you I doing the arm pull for us? Are you doing the... I think I've seen this right here. 
And that is a hand gesture that the one-legged Kirk Gibson's jabroni ass was. That was him pulling the jackpot at the casino, man. That, that good cha-ching, cha-ching. But uh, Blake Snell, uh, favorite guys to win over uh, Valdez and uh, tomorrow, man. I know this probably won't be coming out till tomorrow, but do you guys like the Rays to finish it out in uh, uh, in six or what? Or do you think this might go seven? Mike, I see you thumbs up. Sean talking about Snell going to do it. So I really hope so. And the Braves as well. I think the Dodgers might have a chance of pushing them a little bit because we all know that playoff games. What's the hardest game to win, man? The closeout game. So with the Braves having to close them out, I can see the Dodgers winning tomorrow. Uh, don't, don't be surprised if this game goes, if this, if this series goes seven guys, the Braves have been hot, but don't forget this Dodgers team has really been the hottest team. And, uh, 2020 has been full of, uh, fireworks as you could say. So don't be surprised if we get a little excitement going into this weekend, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's, uh, shift gears into football. So uh, before we get in the NFL, there's a few games we haven't actually talked about the uh, the college football, you know, since the season started. We mentioned we, it a little bit, huh? But not just a little bit, you know. But as far as the games are concerned, there's been a, you know, there has been, have been some good games. Um, I just think it's kind of weird that we get to talk about the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC, but we can't even talk about the Big 10 and the Pac-12 until early next month. So going into this week specifically. You know, Mark, you had a lock on the, you know, Florida and LSU game, or at least you were confident about that game. That game's no longer being played. Nick Saban, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, is he tests positive for coronavirus today. So who knows? He's probably not going to coach this weekend. But nonetheless, there are still some good matchups this weekend in college football. And number two, number three, which you just mentioned, Alabama, they are facing Georgia. And man, that good old Najee Harris out of the Bay Area in three games, he has 10 touchdowns. It's looking like a four, four and a half point spread. Man, the question is how big of an impact is it going to be without Saban on the sideline? I mean, we know these guys still got to go out there and play. I'm sure there's a lot of communication between Saban and the coaches, assuming he won't be on the sideline. I don't know, Mark. I mean, I know how much you especially love college football. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. I mean, you know, I don't see a Tua at quarterback. I don't see a Julio at wide receiver. I don't see a Dante Hightower at linebacker. Yet this Alabama team is still pretty damn good. But you got to watch out for those Georgia Bulldogs, man. They had a big, uh, big game last week. What do you think about the game? Yeah, the line has dropped. If you're in favor of te- backing the Bama Crimson Tide here at four and a half, I believe it was about seven. So you're getting about two and a half points of value just because uh, one of the game's greatest won't be on the sidelines there. It is in uh, Tuscaloosa, so you have that on your side. Although I don't know how Alabama is really uh, going about having fans at the stadium. You would think that uh, they would try to pack it in, but uh, I don't know, man. Georgia, we saw what happened in week one against Arkansas and the transfer from Florida, Felipe Franks, how he kind of like it was what, seven, five to two or, or it was like seven to two. Like the whole first half until Georgia just really put it on them. And with uh, Georgia just kind of getting in the groove right now, you know, that's kind of a low line for a Bama team. I mean, 
It's Nick Saban. At he's home. At home. And he's not – yeah, he's not coaching, but we all know through modern technology that somehow, some way, he's going to be able to be in contact with some of the coordinators or whoever in the booth that he's going to want to be in contact with. So to drop the line here this low to try to – I don't know. I, I don't know. Tell me, what does this guy, what does this tell you? This is obviously the biggest game of the weekend, two, three, Sean, like you mentioned. We'd probably take a little bit of more time on this game, but what do you guys think? Do you guys think that the book that the odds makers or bookmakers are trying to sway you to take Alabama, thinking, oh, it's such a big deal? Or do you think that it's kind of hard to handicap, in my opinion? Because what in your opinion, I guess I ask you guys this. How big do you guys think? That Nick Saban is to the line. Do you think how many points do you think he's worth? Usually a quarterback is worth three to four points, you know, a wide receiver half a point to one point. But for a coach to be almost a field goal, someone that doesn't even physically play in the game, what are your thoughts, man? Well, that's what you just said. He doesn't actually physically play. They have a game plan. They have walkthroughs. I mean, they they, they know what they're doing. They, they've watched film, so it shouldn't move at all. You know, so so with the money coming in on Georgia, I mean, I would – they're pound for pound – you know, on paper, the f- most physically talented defense in the nation, I think, Georgia. But Alabama at home, I, I you know, th- as the number gets lower, I'm going to go ahead and bite. I'll take Alabama. I'll tell, you know, I'll give those points this weekend. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Go ahead, Sean. I'm kind of with them. I'm definitely with you guys on that. I think Alabama definitely a super strong team, great defense, and ultimately a great running game. As I mentioned earlier, Najee, he is arguably the best running back in the nation and who's probably going to be a first-round talent. The only one thing I do think is with Georgia playing where, you know, as good as they are, they're definitely getting better. Uh, there's about two to three times during any game that you got to make that decision. And with Saban not there, obviously with the technology, I'm sure hopefully he's in the coach's ear somehow. I don't know if it's going to be like a iPhone earbud, whatever they call those things, whatever, you know, it is. But assuming, you know, it's, hey, you know, I'm at home watching the game. The coach is on the field. They're doing all the coaching. You know, there's going to be two or three times where a decision has to be made, whether it's a fourth down. Are we going to go for it? Rather, it's, you know, whatever it may be that you don't know, you know. Is an experience of a non-saving coach going to play a role? Again, you know, three points, that's probably the first time I've ever seen. That's like Belichick not being there for the Patriots. Is it going to really be three points? We obviously know the impact Saban has, especially in a college football game. But damn, three points, that is definitely a lot. And I think the handicappers are trying to sway people like, hey, you know, four points, you know, bite on those uh you know, Bulldogs, they're definitely that good. They're 3-0. and They're number three. It, it, you know, it's a sexy pick. But then again, how the hell can you go against Alabama at home in the spreads under a touchdown? But I'll tell you what, uh, our predictions are wrong because he will not be able to be in communications with uh, any of the team because he uh, on his show that he does from home Thursday night, he told listeners that he's doing great. Quote, I don't have any symptoms. I don't have a fever. He would like to be part of the game against Georgia, but the NCAA rules prohibit in-game communication with Which anyone on the staff good. while he's in quarantine. So I would hate not to be at the game on Saturday if that's what it turns out to be. But so he it's looking like I don't think Alabama is going to play this. I think they're going to obviously not let him go there. So no communication, him not there. Hey, who, who who's going to be calling the plays? Your boy Steve Sarkeesian, right? 
offensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. And yeah, I have an assistant head coach. So those coordinators will probably stick to their job. That probably doesn't change. But it's just kind of like I think just when it comes to making those two to three, you know, not game decisions, but it's just like, you know, how are we going to handle those certain situations throughout the game? But I think Alabama's the better team, so they'll be able to fight through it. Yeah. And then with the advantage of Nick Saban actually testing positive, you know, days before the game and not, you know, Saturday morning or Friday night or whatever, you know, he has some time to prep those coordinators to, hey, if we get into a situation like this, you're going to want to do that. If we're going to get a situation like that, you're going to want to do this. So, you know, I think they're going to be prepared. I think that all that money coming in because maybe Saban's out, but no, I'm still sticking with Bama this weekend. Definitely. Let's go hit on another game real quick. Do you guys like, uh, you guys looking at a Notre Dame number four team in the nation, which is pretty crazy as much as COVID battles that they've had. It seems like they've been playing such a weird schedule to be ranked four. my dropping nine is 17 against Louisville. Louisville's had its struggles. We all know that's not really going to be a huge game. Miami's number 13. They tried to hang in there with Clemson. They obviously just put it on them last week. Uh, a couple crazy games, a couple crazy plays in that. I don't know if you guys caught bad beats with SVP last week, but it was pretty insane. Uh, they're uh, hosting Pittsburgh as 13 and a half point favorites. I kind of like Miami there, depending on the weather. Tennessee, number 18 at Kentucky. If you guys are looking at Clemson, number one against Georgia Tech, I really like this Georgia Tech team going into this year. They've been a lot different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really too many games on the schedule. That's really the biggest – that's really the nicest one that we just really talked about, A&M and Mississippi State. I don't know if there's a COVID-related stuff there, but I don't think so if it's on the board. What do you guys think, man, to end it out? I just think it's kind of weird because we've been texting back and forth the last couple of weeks, and you know, it's just kind of surprising to see these teams that we thought going into the year were going to do really good and maybe repeat, maybe not repeat as champions, but LSU, you know, like they've been losing. Florida had a bad loss last week. It's just kind of wacky. It's like 2020, you know, like 2020 is happening, not just in you know for the bubble, you know, uh, the NHL, the NBA, but you know, it's been happening in college football too. Some of these teams, it's just like wacky, like really. How do you lose that game? Not only you don't cover, but you lose these games. It's pretty crazy. And handicapping is just it's just extremely hard. How are you, it's just you're so hard trying to handicap these games. Oh, do they have practice? Do they not? Or is their team shut down? Oh, I think I like this game. Wait, is the game that I want even still going to be on this week? Oh, wait, can I still get out to Reno on Sunday? Or it's just I don't know. It's just it's just a crazy year in terms of handicapping as well, man. Well, this week alone, we have three games that are being uh, postponed due to COVID. But one game that I did uh, hear you mention, it was that Miami game, Miami uh, hosting Pittsburgh. I think it's a little bit of a trap game. Miami, I know they've definitely not been anything close to those uh, days where they were led by a good old Dwayne, the Rock Johnson and Warren Sapp. But they're still (laughs) a damn good football team ranked number 13. But Pitt, they're not too bad themselves. They have a win versus number 24, Louisville. They did lose versus Boston College and NC State. But on the other hand, I mean, Miami, you know, they played versus Clemson. I think that was a good challenge. I think Miami's like, hey, we're going to be hanging with the big dogs. But then they go and lose 42-17. It wasn't even a football game. So as much as they might be on a little bit of a, hey, let's get back and a win this week, they got to watch out for Pitt, man, because Pitt always fights. They're always a damn good football team. And I think uh, despite the spread that they currently have at 13 and a half, I mean, Pitt might be able to cover that. 
And if you like that game, Sean, I highly recommend you wait until early morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which that game kicks off early Saturday morning. I would wait until, you know, the line because I can see it creeping up. I haven't looked at the line moves yet on that thing. But at 13 and a half, I think a lot of money is going to come in on Miami, Florida. And I can honestly see why Pittsburgh, I like them, Sean. They're kind of a harder team for me to take on the road as opposed to them being at home at Heinz Field. But We'll see, man. We might be on different ends of the spectrum on that game. I might have to roll with the U on this one, Sean. All right. Well, there's plenty of games to be had. More games, thank God, next month, you know, with the Pac with the Pac twelve and the Big Ten coming in. But let's shift over to the NFL real quick. Um Shoot, I mean, just besides the games, there's a bunch of storylines that have hit in the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Le'Veon Bell, you know, he gets dumped by the Jets, and the very next day he gets picked up by the Chiefs like they need any friggin' help. Um, you know, there's a bunch of COVID cases, positive cases, in the Atlanta Falcons facility, so they've completely shut that down. Probably not going to get that game in this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I also sent you guys a thing that the NFL has now changed their policy to where if players are even just showing signs of COVID, even if they've tested negative, they are to be quarantined so that, you know, you know, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, you have all these players for our teams and other teams that, oh, I have a little cough or I have a fever. Oh, sorry, that's a COVID-19, uh, you know, symptom. You have to quarantine. You're not allowed to play. Hey, what the hell? I've just tested negative 18 times in a row. It doesn't matter. So it's pretty crazy. Like they're getting more strict, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, they're definitely getting more strict, but I you got to give a shout out to the NFL in a way because they are making it happen. And if I'm gonna look at that face, that look on your guys's face, I'm not gonna say that you guys are complaining for having extra games throughout the week, right? I mean, we didn't get one today, but I'll take some games on Tuesday. I'll take. I remember when NASCAR came back from their COVID. I mean, obviously, we remember our beloved NASCAR. What they were pretty much the first sport to come back, right? You know, and how, how many times do they have what? three, four races in like a 11, 12 day span. And it was just, I mean, it, it was interesting. No practice, just line them up and go. But we were getting races on Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. And, you know, I'm all for it. So it's kind of a weird year. But at the same time, I wonder if any of the networking partners and of the broadcasting partners and the ESPNs of the world and Foxes and everyone is just kind of figuring something out, somewhat of like these tech companies and are out here in the Bay Area due to the COVID crisis with uh, the work from home uh, uh, trend that we got going. I wonder if some of these uh, leagues and broadcasting partners are figuring something out in this crazy year that we got. But, man, uh, I'm excited. And we all know that it's going to be a crazy year when the Raiders beat the Chiefs, right? <laughs> I well, mean, we Sean, got... <laughs> I, I, I... I told Sean, you know, I'm going to follow him with every Raider pick that he's taken because he he picked the Raiders against the Saints. He picked the Raiders against the Chiefs. And he not only said, you know, he said specifically both those games. I don't see them just covering. I see them that they could possibly win. So, dude, I mean, especially the Chiefs. That was like so out there. They hadn't won in Arrowhead since 2012. Derek Carr had never even won there. And then they go and win, you know, and they almost outright cover themselves. Imagine all the money line parlays that got taken out in Vegas because of that. Oh, my God. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Uh, ain't the sad part is uh, my money's not following what I'm saying. God, I, it, the Saints was one thing. But, man, if I put even just a penny on that Chiefs game, mm -hmm. I'd have felt pretty damn happy. 
But I mean, going back to the question that you had mentioned, Mike, and just the topic, I think in the end, it's working to a degree what the NFL is doing. Yeah, we're getting cases. I mean, to a degree, we're supposed to get cases. We have these huge roster sizes with all these people. It's going to happen. There's no bubble. But then again, they're making it work. Uh, there's somehow before the season, they probably talked to all these different, you know, contracts with the different networks and said, hey, we're going to have some alterations throughout the year. That's just how it's going to be. So, you know, adding to what Mark said, it's more football. I mean, I got two games on Monday. I got games on Tuesday. I got games on Thursday. Uh, you know, I'll chill on Friday. And oh, yeah, I got college on Saturday. Then I got more NFL on Sunday and Monday. I mean, at this point, we were complaining about no sports. Now it's like, hey, give it to me. It sucks because, you know, I think teams are going to be affected to when your bye week's going to be. You can't even go to your team facility. So there's definitely, I think, that aspect of it. But then again, look at the Titans, you know. They didn't get to play for damn near a week and a half. And they went and they just destroyed the undefeated Bills at home. So, I mean, mm -hmm. something's got to give, you know. It sucks, yeah. again, that some teams are being hit, especially like Atlanta currently. But then again, you know, the leagues I know doing the best they can with protocols and finding ways to ensure their safety. And that's the biggest thing right now. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and enjoy these sports while we have them. Because even with 2020, you have no NHL, NBA is done, Major League Baseball is going to be done in about two weeks, NASCAR is going to be done in a month. So all we're going to have is the NFL and the EPL. So let's enjoy what we have. So one question I want to um, bring up to you guys before we get into the games, um, Le'Veon Bell. How is he going to change the Chiefs team? Is it? I mean, obviously, I can see there's you know a hundred ways that he can make it better, but then there's you know the, in my opinion, the cancer issue. He's just not you know a team player. I foresee him complaining about touches. You know, I mean, he's just that kind of player. He's shown it time and time again when it, whether it be Pittsburgh or, or or the New York Jets. So before we get into the specific games, what do you think guys think about the Le'Veon signing? I think it just adds another uh, great weapon to the Chiefs team. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just that, you know, the Raiders beat us. We are immortal. We have the sex appeal of being a winning team, a Super Bowl, not just contender, but the reigning champions. And here we are with a 28-year-old former, you know, running back champion, one of the best running backs in the league when his head is screwed on, right? We know the talent that he is. And we could sign him for damn near league minimum because he made, what, $18 million, like, 15 or 20 games at the Jets, uh, a.k.a. New York teams. You guys are so stupid. Why wouldn't you do that, man? I mean, we see what they do without Le'Veon, so they have nothing to lose. Le'Veon, I mean, has everything to gain. Let me get a Super Bowl on my resume. Let me play my role. They got Clyde as the number one. I'll be 1B. Tyreek the Freak, Kelsey, and oh, yeah, Mahomes. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of scary, to be quite honest. Mike, you mentioned that you think maybe he could be a cancer or whatnot. I actually kind of beg to differ on this one-year deal that he signs. I think that he sees uh, what's in front of him and what could be. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, I've seen a couple of these Chiefs games, albeit they did lose to the Raiders, which not a lot of us saw coming. But I think that's going to be a wake-up call for the Chiefs going forward. You could probably see them maybe only – losing maybe one more game this season and that'd be great if it was to the Raiders again in Las Vegas <laughs> but uh I mean I think the Chiefs are gonna turn up with them getting this weapon on their team I think that uh, I, I mean I hope he's not gonna be like an Antonio Brown right where that he's getting these different chances to get on Super Bowl contending 
teams. Not that the Raiders were last year, but maybe when he got on to to the to New England last year and just keeps on messing up. I think that Le'Veon, you know, he's he's getting paid, obviously. And I think that Sean mentioned in our text earlier in the day, I think that he's getting paid. So now that's not on his mind. And now it's just one thing on his mind that this is the closest thing that he can get to winning a, a ring. So why not? And what the Chiefs are looking at it, they got Edwards Alaire. So it's not really it's it's not really anything to them to to go out and get him also. I don't know. You guys mentioned the cap. It seems like they have nothing left on the cap, but they still made it happen. Sean, you're raising your hands if you want to elaborate. If you got more on, bro. I think right up to the end of last season, they had a couple hundred bucks, literally a couple hundred bucks in their cap. And hey, let me just go sign uh, Mahomes for a half billion dollars, Chris Jones for like seventy or eighty million. Let me give an extension to Kelsey, and oh yeah, I'll go add. uh, Le'Veon like how that works how teams are able to let me just turn that guarantee money into bonus money and it doesn't go against the cap anymore that's dog crap I mean is that how it works yeah that's what they yeah. do they turn, uh, basically manipulate the contract that hey instead of it being salary money we're going to turn it into bonus money aka we're going to free up a little bit of cap so we can sign all these other players I mean at wow. some point down the road, it would definitely affect the team because you can only do that so much. So, I mean, you know, they're going to lose players at some point. But as of this year, <laughs> nah, no end in sight, man. What's yeah, your I mean, I mean, being a Raider fan, I hope that he becomes the cancer that he has because, I mean, yeah, he's on a first place team defending Super Bowl champions. But he he found a way to cause problems and have a problem somehow with the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were a first place team. So but did he have a problem with the Jets, or was it just the fact that the Jets just kind of wanted to get rid of that money and just bro, see they don't that win, bro. Well, they suck. They That's what I'm saying. Did he but ha- he was he, winning in Pittsburgh. He was winning divisions so, but, in Pittsburgh. But, but, but did he have a problem with the Jets? Did the Jets have a problem with him, or did they just suck? And they said, why keep paying this guy? If We're you want to know the type him. of player Le'Veon Bell was, he's the kind of guy that was liking Twitter comments for criticism against the coach. That's all you got to know. He's that kind of guy. We need a fire Gase. Oh, I'm going to like that for sure. I mean, how the hell would you sounds, feel? Man? Sounds, like mean, a, sounds like so another I, former Steeler to me. Hmm, what's this? I so, forgot his name. You just mentioned his name, Mark. Yeah, Antonio Brown. And so, where the hell is he at? Not even in the friggin' league. So what about Gase, though? Do you guys honestly think that Gase needs to go in New York for oh, New York Jet fans out go. there? He should never got he's, hired, but that's not yeah, the he's point, not though, bro. You still got to have a degree of integrity and kind of respect your coach. 100%. I mean, you know, that's that's it's bigger than that. That's just, you know, these guys create egos, and there's no doubt he's created one because of how good he is. Not was how good he is, but it's just like, man, like, just a respecting yeah. bro. I'm that coach. I'm gonna Owen whatever team. I mean, my team sucks. I'm paying this guy 15 million dollars a year just to be a pain in my ass, and you're not helping me win. Just dump him. At yeah. that point, I'm not paying him. The team is. Yeah. Well, so, let's see. Let's see how good he is in Buffalo this week, man, because honestly, yeah. we see Kansas City here laying five on the road. I don't know if that if that line's been ticked up a little bit. It might have been at four and a half. Le'Veon made it, might have added it a half a point or something. But with Buffalo coming off that loss, Kansas City coming off that loss, this is looking like a stay away for me, guys. What do you guys have any thoughts on these games or you guys want to get into any other ones? You guys go ahead. Yeah, first of all. On that game, that's kind of a stay away too because like Buffalo looked really good, you know, f- being four and zero, and then they go and get they get they got stomped on the road a- a- against Tennessee. 
And also, you know, Kansas City, Mahomes, he looked more uncomfortable than I've ever seen him against the Raiders. And, and with Subpar the Raiders, defense at that. Yeah, exactly. And with the Raiders having like one of the, you know, they're at the bottom of the league as far as, you know, quarterback hurries and pressures and stuff. So for them to get to him and for him to look uncomfortable like that, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a stay away. But I have a question for you guys. What team, if any, this week, an undefeated team is going to lose? You got the Titans 4-0 at home against the Texans. You have the Steelers at home against the Browns. They're 4-0. Or do you have the Green Bay Packers visiting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They're 4-0. Are any of those teams going to not be undefeated at the end of this week? Because the other team, Seattle, is on a bye. I'll tell you what, Mike. There's one. There's a There's two out of two of those games. There's a couple that I like to cover. There's some that, that I can see winning. Let me tell you what. The Tennessee Titans had played a hard fought game right on a Tuesday night on a late Tuesday night. So they're going to be on a very, very short rest. If you really think about it, you're looking at about what, four days uh, COVID testing. I mean, it's going to be kind of strenuous, obviously, all the rules and regulations that are going into this 2020 season that the players and coaches have to deal with. But now you got the Texans. They got that win, which was like my lock of the year so far, you know, with them getting rid of O'Brien and, you know, J.J. Watt kind of ex- uh, expressing his uh, not anger, but I guess dislike at times for the former coach and GM of the Texans. And now you got the Texans. They got one win under their belt. They know that Tennessee is four and zero. They're what one in one in three or whatnot. One in five, one one four. So uh, they know that if Tennessee goes to five and zero, their chances of winning that division down in the South are going to be kind of you know obliterate, obliterated from them. So at three and a half points, man, if you can somehow get a hook to four. I think that the Houston Texans have a pretty good chance of keeping this game close just based on that uh, on that on that rest, that shortened rest that Tennessee's going to have. As far as Tampa Bay, I you know, as you know, we saw Tom holding up the four. We saw how delusional he was. I think that going back home, getting back in that weather and just, you know, with Green Bay as hot as they've been, I think that Tampa Bay has a you know, we got a line here, guys, at a one point. It's almost a pick 'em game. Tampa Bay's a short one dog, one point home dog. And I think that, you know, that's kind of telling you something. I think Tampa Bay kind of has a pretty good chance of winning this game as well. So I got Tampa Bay to win. I got Houston to cover and hopefully and possibly win. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, guys, it's the Browns. They've been doing good, but it's the Browns, man. So uh, I guess... I could see the Steelers winning that one. Although I don't know about the points. Maybe I'd be looking money line guys. That's a division game. I mean, that's a division game. That's going to be a close one. Um, But the defense of the Steelers at home against the Browns, I mean, Baker Mayfield's been playing well, but he does have that. Oh, he has that thing inside of him where he can just go and flip it and, and look like Baker Mayfield from last season. And Dude, le- and, le- the, and let me Steelers tell you something. Get one by a touchdown. Watch. And let me tell you something. How many games straight have the Browns played that were good? They play pretty much like two good games, right, in a They're row? They're due for a bad one. They're, come on. We all know. They're due for that. They're due for that that doo-doo game. And it's yeah. probably going to happen at, at Hines as well, where, where Sean does like – sorry, where Sean likes his Pittsburgh uh, Panthers as well. Not playing <laughs> at Pittsburgh, but uh, – Yeah. Sean, um, is Chubb how, – how long, how, how long is he out? Is he out, out this week? 
oh, he's he's out out for I think another three, four, maybe even five weeks. But yes. then again, I mean, you have Kareem Hunt who went healthy. He's arguably a top five back. We know True. how good he was in Kansas City. Uh, that game, I definitely think the Browns are playing good football. And who knows, maybe they play another pretty good game, but it won't be good enough. That Kansas or the Pittsburgh defense is way too good, and I have Pittsburgh easily winning that football game, despite it being a division game. Tennessee, I think exactly what Mark said is the thing. It was a tough game, even though the score didn't represent that. And it was a short week. A lot of energy was exerted in that game. And going against Houston, who I think mean, is like refreshed, like Will Fuller is actually healthy, playing good. DJ in the backfield is okay. And Deshaun's, you know, he's Deshaun. I think Romeo Cornell is going to be able to dial something up. The players are healthy, and they might be able to not just cover that game, but win that football game. I think the game that... Yes, I'm going to copy and paste what Mark said and say, hey, I think Tampa can win. But with Devontae Adams back, I'm a little scared because Rodgers. I, I think Tampa Bay is getting, uh, um, what's his name? God, Godwin. Godwin. Godwin, but I, I, you know, that's cool. But right now, I just think the confidence that Green Sorry, Bay Sorry, Godwin, we know what Sean thinks about you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you know, oh, Godwin's good. Oh, no, I think Godwin's that's cool. great. But I think former Niner Adams come, I mean, look at what Rogers was doing for four weeks without uh, Devontae oh. Adams, oh. you know, and the way he's but playing. Right look now at the act- defenses he was playing as well. Not dogging that at all. And I mean, there's a reason why the spreads won, you know, at home. Tampa's getting, you know, they had the one point spread. I mean, I'm pretty sure the money's going to probably be going in, I think, actually on Green Bay. I just think TB12, yeah, he wants that revenge from the mistakes that he made uh, in Chicago, holding up the four. But right now, it, it's just that's a hard way. I think that actually might be a stay away game for me too. Yeah, I guess I mean going either way. Yeah, I like Tampa. I really do. I think the one game, like the one game that I'm concentrating on, because me and Sean actually talked about it before we started recording, and me and him are actually on the same page. I've been kind of looking at the 49ers schedule going forward, and I'm trying to think of I'm trying to find a win here because they play the Rams this week, then they got Seattle, then they got Green Bay, then they got uh, New England. I know they play New Orleans, and then they play Seattle, L.A. again, Arizona again. So it's it, they have a tough road to actually you know to make the playoffs because you know they get you know there's an extra spot this year, so it's, oh, it's the Niners are toast. Yeah. So. But but me and Sean that's both agree. Two and three with toast already. That's that's the that's that's but, the judge and jury. Jesus. But but me and but me and done. Sean agree. But me and Sean agree. The Rams coming in playing as well as they are. Like Goff is looking, you know, rejuvenated. He's playing really well into Santa Clara, and it's only like a three and a half point spread. Man, I can see that looks fishy to me. I I can see the Niners not only covering but winning that game on Sunday or on Sunday night too. It's a primetime game. How how did Goff play last year during the hangover? We know what the Niners are going through, guys. The Niners are going to be a good good again next year. Yeah, this Goff year they hurt, just got to take it off. They just got to take it off. But Goff wasn't hurt too. last year. And got and the Rams had nothing. We have 13 starters injured at one point. And so that's I, what I'm that's, saying. It's just how are you going to compete with that? Luck. You just it's can't. Luck. It's a luck. I think we have Mosley coming back this week. Uh, Moster will be back. I mean, he played last week. I think in the end, it kind of goes as far as Garoppolo takes us. I mean, the confidence, I think, that you build with your quarterback coming back. I think like what Mike said, I allude to that. I think we're going to definitely win the football game this week. Only, I think if Jimmy G, only if Jimmy G plays. If Beathard or Mullins is in. Oh, Sean. Because okay, I was going to say, if he's not playing, then I'm, I'm taking L.A. I'm sorry. Sean, you're John Lynch. 
You're uh, Shanahan. You're looking at this team. You're looking at Jimmy G, the guy that you thought was the guy to take you over to the promised land. You see him struggling. You got Bethard and you got uh, um, what's his name? You got you got huh? You got Mullins, right? So if you're the GM, if you're a head coach, are you looking kind of down into the future and really thinking about if your guy, if your future guy is really on this roster? No, no. Really. Are you looking to the draft? The day, or you... I still have Garoppolo signed. Oh, I do it. Doing it wrong. Oh, I'm drafting a quarterback probably next year in that third, fourth, fifth round. Hopefully, getting one of those maybe quarterbacks of the future that I can afford to sit on my bench and learn. But Garoppolo, I mean, you're still invested another three or four years. You are able to opt out, but based on where he is and like the quarterback salary, he's in the top ten, top twelve. So it's not like it looks that bad. I mean, we're talking about a guy who went to the Super Bowl last year. We lost versus Arizona. Hey, it sucked. But, you know, we did sweep the New York series. He looked like crap last week. Let's just be straight up. But then again, the whole team looked like crap. He had no time on a lot of throws. The team wasn't gelling. We've had to deal with a lot of injuries where players are coming back. I think we just need to hit that stride that we get kind of like a core group of players back and play like three to four games with the same line, the same receivers, and just get confidence back. I think... Mike said it bets. It's pretty much a murderous row coming up with the games that we're playing. But I think the Niners, when they are clicking, they're a team that can just turn it on and they can go out and win three or four games against anybody. Yes, we're not the same team as last year. But then again, I mean, it's just a health thing. You get Sherman back next week. You get Witherspoon back, uh, Mosley back this week. So that kind of to a degree takes care of your cornerback problem. You know, Alexander's there, Greenlaw's there, so it's just getting a little yeah. bit of health. Focusing I mean, on this I, week alone, I'm going Niners. And the offensive line hasn't been playing like like they were last year. And Jimmy G, come on, Jimmy G was not 100%. He was 80% at best last week. But I'll tell you what, it's, a, last week, it's yeah. a, exactly. So it's a division game. It's going to be close. So maybe if you're doing like a teaser, maybe you tease the Rams a little bit so you can get so you can get some some plus money there. I mean, some plus, uh, you know, you can get them as dogs kind of. Maybe like a five or six point teaser. So if it's a close game and they're going to lose, at least you'd still win that bet. Yeah, are, 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 you, are you taking Niners plus nine and a half? Or are you taking the Rams plus uh plus three two and a half i mean that's pretty much what you're looking at with your six point yeah. teaser mike yeah i i got some games for you here a couple lines that make you go hmm kind of make you put your uh that webbing between your thumb and your uh pointer finger between your chin and kind of look up into the sky and say hmm Guys, I want to give you this one. We all know what Christian McCaffrey has uh, done for the Carolina Panthers these last three wins. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he hasn't done nothing because he hasn't even been playing. But yet here are the Carolina three Panthers. Three straight wins. And what did I tell you guys when they played the Raiders game one? I was on the Carolina Panthers, right? Obviously, I took them the week that they obviously they weren't gelling. But we see them. I told you I like Bridgewater. I love Rule coming over from Baylor. I love the LSU uh, offensive coordinator that got the national championship with Burrow in that offense last year. Man, I'm telling you. And look at Robbie Anderson, rejuvenated, coming over from the New York Jets. He's got 36 catches and almost 500 yards in five games. Dude's balling. And this line is only, I mean, yeah, Chicago won last week as well. But with Carolina at home, they're only dropping one and a half points. They're laying it. And that line is kind of making me think, hmm, maybe Chicago is kind of clicking 
a little bit more in the odds makers eyes than we think because with Carolina being at home three straight wins uh, I I would have thought that maybe two and a half three would be a better number but obviously they're not looking at it that way guys in the other game you guys mentioned we got the red rifle that's gonna start and the Dallas Cowboys I think this is gonna be a game a short dog one and a half you got Arizona Cardinals they've been losing as well after starting hot albeit They've got their win against Detroit and the Niners that were kind of real in that first game of the season. So I don't know how much those two those wins you want to take into consideration. Now they're going into Dallas against the Red Rifle. You got a team that's going to really rally around their their down shoulder soldier. Sorry. And Prescott. And uh, I'm sorry, guys, this might be one of those plays that, uh, you know, it's going to be later on in the week. But I think that Dallas is a live, live, viable, short dog here against Kyler Murray. And you guys think Kyler Murray is going to eat? You guys do? Uh, if anything, the over is 55 points. If the Red Rifle can get you enough touchdowns to think you can get that over there. But I'm telling you, I think in my opinion that Dallas as a team uh, – defensively and offensively is going to uh, rally around this Dak Prescott injury, guys, in my opinion. I completely, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the Cowboys are going to win this week. I mean, I think that the Red Rifle has the weapons. He's actually probably the best backup quarterback in football, a starter for a number of years in Cincinnati. And he was actually never terrible in Cincinnati. He was just on a really, really bad team. He was obviously a good football player with obviously a great running back with Zeke. And I think with the Dak injury, they're definitely going to rally around that. Uh, defensively, they got to get better. A great opportunity for Kyler and DeAndre to go off. But I think at home, I'm going to pick Dallas. And for your other football game, just really quick to touch on, I'm still not sold on the Panthers being a good football team. Yeah, they've won three in a row. Chicago, you know, they defeated the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week at home. So it kind of gives it, hey, we'll make it a small, you know, spread. I don't know, man. I did it. <laughs> Weird. And we still got a weird one. I don't even know. Like, I, I wouldn't going. touch it. I wouldn't touch it because the thing is, just like I'm just not sold on Teddy and that team. To be quite honest, and that Bears, it's just that one thing in the back of my mind. Like, can their defense hold up? Can Foles kind of get that Foles magic? Allen Robinson, you know. Yeah, I would just I wouldn't even touch that game, man. It's just a weird one. Yeah, it's a weird one because you know, you, but but then again, you have Eli Apple who was a full participant in practice. So he might go this week for for Carolina, but then you also are, are losing for the season Pro Bowler Kawan Short on the defensive line with a shoulder injury. So if they can't get pressure on you know Foles, it, it, it might it might be no. But I'm gonna say one thing about the Dallas game though. You know, aside from the gambling aspect, daily fantasy, Dallas's defense still sucks ass. So I'm going to take Kyler Murray. You know, we have our, our our weekly league, and it's just Sunday morning and afternoon games. I'm pissed because this is a Monday night game, and I'm not going to get to select Kyler Murray because I would, you know, select him based, you know, based on just daily fantasy alone. Well, I'm going to give the comic bookie fans right now, I'm going to give them the what I call the one-point parlay, guys. And this is something that I just literally thought off the top of my head as I'm looking at the screen right now. So – Bear with me, comic bookie fans, and you guys, if you guys want to roll with me. But this might be a little three-teamer that I might actually put together for the sake of it on Sunday morning. Why not? I'm looking at these one-point games, and this looks like something fun that you can put together. I'm going to be going, guys. I mentioned Dallas Cowboys, a plus one and a half. And then you're going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with that short plus one favorite. Also pretty much a pick-em game at home. And then 
I'll be taking. I'll be it. Sean also said that he's not too sold on Carolina yet. Neither am I. I'll be honest, in my opinion, three in a row. I mean, it's going to be kind of hard for them to get that fourth against this Chicago Bears team. But with Chicago going on the road, Carolina at home, I like what Rule's doing. I'm going to be laying the minus one and a half. So that's my one point three team, three leg parlay for the comic bookie fans out there. Let's hope we hit it, guys. That's kind of fun. Let's go. I know, right? And if I were to give one pick for this week, I'm going to say Cleveland's going to Cleveland, and I'm going to take the Steelers minus three and a half at home I like that, in, the, in, in the AFC North matchup. Well, and my two picks, I'm going to go with uh, also Cleveland's going to Cleveland. We'll pick Pittsburgh, and I'm going to be biased, but I think actually it's a good choice. I'm going to go with the Niners over the Rams. There we and go. Don't- and don't and don't sleep on 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 JAX uh, this week either. Um, they were kind of keeping it close against uh, Houston last week, but Jacksonville they're getting three and a half at home against the Lions, having to go play in that humid Florida weather. Usually used to the the snow up in Michigan, so uh, don't sleep on the Jags this week either, guys. I see a couple opportunities here, especially for some teasers like Mike mentioned. So keep those eyes peeled for some opportunities, TCB fans. All righty, let's go. Let's go from the football field to the racetracks. We have literally four more races left in the NASCAR season. This is the first race of the final, uh, the top eight. So we have we are over in Kansas. So what say you guys? Last week was pretty crazy. Um, not too much parity as far as like the standings are concerned. I think the four drivers who came into the race, who were the bottom four, ended up being the four drivers that were eliminated, and that was Kyle Busch, uh, Austin Dillon. Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer and Eric Amarola, double-A battery. So what do you guys think about this race this week in Kansas? Double-A <laughs> battery? Oh, man. Historically, uh, right now, this race, the Hollywood Casino at Camp 400 at Kansas Speedway. Guys, Kevin Harvick, he is your favorite. Sean, your driver, Chase Elliott, will be starting on the pole for this race with my driver, Joey Logano, the number 22 shell. Pennzoil Ford for Team Penske will be in the Second spot, uh, P2, but uh, you got your usual favorites here, guys. Kevin Harvick, 3-1, to one. Denny Hamlin, 4-1, to one. Martin Truex, 4-1 to one as well, with a Chase Elliott at a close 5.5-1. to one. Uh, My driver, Joey Logano, 13-1, starting from that P2 position. I like that as a value play. Guys, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty right now. I think that, uh, what, how would you say, 5 four, Four races four left. left. Yeah, four. so it's like three three races to four, figure out who's going to be racing for the championships in Phoenix, you know? So we got we got four races left, guys. We got two, three guys that are going to be awesome in Phoenix that are going to be dying to get there and being Kevin Harvick, which is probably the all-time leader in laps and wins probably at Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken. Denny Hamlin, that's great at that track. And we all know Brad Kozlowski's got that short track car waiting in the weeds that he has won with that New Hampshire and did so great with, uh, I believe, um, I forgot where it was at. But anyway, uh, he's going to be dying to get into it. So I think that at Kansas, cookie cutter track, unfortunately, guys, Mike, you said it, that you think Martin Truex is going to be getting into the final four. I think that this is probably going to be his best chance to get it at this mile and a half track that he does so good at mm-hmm. it. So yeah. I'm kind of scared to bet against him. I can see Martin Truex getting in this week, unfortunately, man. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging just the last seven races. He's averaging almost a top five finish. So you have over just the last seven races, five out of eight drivers in the playoffs still have wins. 
Truex, Harvick, Keselowski, Chase, and Hamlin all have at least one win in the last seven races. Joey Logano starting, you know, in the number two position. Um, he's kind of bipolar in the last seven races where he's, you know, he has a top five finish. He's got a couple top tens, but he do he does have two DNFs in the last seven races at Kansas. So, you know, as far as value there, I don't see much value in Logano, but I do see value in someone like Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, and Truex. Well, adding to what you said, Mike, it's not just some of these guys having wins. A lot of these guys have multiple wins. Hamlin has three. Truex has two. Keselowski has two. Harvick has three. So, I mean, it's kind of safe to say who's going to probably be the winner in this racetrack. And also, you know what Mark said, the nitty-gritty is here. Last three races before the final race, see who's going to be uh, racing for the championship. Chase only has nine career races here, so not as much experience as these other guys but he also does have a win. So hopefully it plays a role and he can go out there and have a good race. And I did like Chase. I I have been saying guys throughout the year that don't be surprised if Chase uh, can propel himself into the last four. I mentioned this Roval that he just won as one of the races. Dude, that was like the Texans pick last week. That was like the lock of the year for NASCAR. Yeah, Chase we were talking Elliott, about that. Chase Elliott. <laughs> nah, Roval. you can never talk about a lock in a NASCAR field with 40 cars in a rain, in a rain. But, but, I'm, but regardless of all of those, Chase Elliott It seems Elliott so easy to say, to hindsight, win. that yeah, because he's won it whatever two times or whatever already. He's or, won four road courses in a row That's has crazy. he in yeah, a it's like, row it's like three or four in a row oh we got a ringer then we got the road course ring i knew he was that good at the roval but i didn't realize that's because we didn't have sonoma this year guys I, right. I, I know he's say, not, i was just gonna say that i know he's not as a uh, profound in sonoma but you got here man you got the kansas speedway the hollywood casino 400 guys which is a mile and a half racetrack october 25th next weekend you got the auto trader echo park automotive 500 at texas motor speedway which is another cookie cutter one and a half mile speedway and then the final race clip the paper clip the xfinity 500 at martinsville on november 1st so mike i mentioned it earlier and i'm going to mention it again martin truex on these last two uh, on Texas and Kansas, he's just so good on mile and a half. So I can see him winning one of those two. Martinsville, that one's going to either go Probably to Hamlin. Hamlin or Kislowski with that short car, with that short uh, track car that he loves so much this year. So, man, uh, Kislowski, Hamlin, Truex, they're all up there. Chase, I think that's really who it's going to come down to to make this to get this championship, man, to make this final four. I think you're really looking between six drivers. It's going to be between Harvick, Hamlin, Truex, Kislowski, Chase and Logano. That's yeah, it. You got I'm going to say six drivers looking for those last four spots. Yeah, I mean. But then again, if Harvick if Harvick gets in there based off points or a win these next three, I'm going to put him automatically as the winner of the championship yeah. because he freaking dominates at Phoenix. So maybe it's the time of the year because Phoenix is usually in the beginning of the year, but now it's later in the year. So maybe track, you know, maybe the weather is a little bit different down there in Arizona. But, um, you know, Don't you never know. Don't sleep on Kislowski. Do not. I know. I know. But I'm, I'm taking Truex over Kislowski. You know that. <laughs> if they get to Phoenix? Yes. You mean Harvick over Truex or Harvick well, over Kislowski? I would take Harvick over that, but I have to stick with Truex. I don't like him because he's in JGR, but I have to go with Truex over to win Kislowski. Over Hamlin, to win over Hamlin or Harvick or Kislowski in, in Phoenix? 
No, 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 no. I would take Harvick in Phoenix, but I would take oh. uh, Truex over Keslo. In Phoenix. Yes. Oh, we can I'm put not. we we can put it we can lay it down now. Four I'm weeks not from board. now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm taking Kozlowski all the way. If he brings that car, that car has just been a monster at Loudon. I mean, that that dude, he just whenever he talks about that car, he loves it. So, yeah, you it guys be a fun looking, race, though. Yeah, fun Hollywood Casino 400 guys uh, make your pick. Uh, if you guys are looking for anything above that's that's double digits. You're going to have to start at Kyle Busch at 10 to one with Ryan Blaney 11 and Joey Logano 13 to one. Or you can get Mike's favorite right now, Eric Amarola at 33 to one. Kansas, I think, is one of his good tracks. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't see anybody but a playoff driver winning it. Thank you. That's how so it gets. That's how yeah, it always point, gets. Definitely. Yeah. So I would take probably Harvick or Truex, honestly. So I mean, yeah, that's it. So check out that race again. I mean, it kind of sucks because they're always competing with the NFL, but you know, flip over there, catch a few, you know. Catch a few, you know, halftime of these games. Uh, what time is it at, Mark? Probably like unless 11 you, unless, noon. Or- is, unless you got the ticket, you're only getting one or two games in each time slot. So switch over, right? That's, I mean, that's that's true. Yeah, with with my YouTube TV, I don't have any kind of red zone or or ticket, so I'm only going to get you know one or two games. So of course, I'm I'm always doing that, especially in half times. I'll I'll get a solid 15, 20 minutes of just the race, and especially if it's a it's a good race at that. You know, if it's going to be you know, a game I don't really give a crap about. Like this is the week for me to watch like a full NASCAR race because the Raiders don't even play. So if I don't see a game that's worth watching on the NFL, I'm going to go ahead and tune into this Kansas race fully because, dude, we're getting down to the friggin' wire. It's only week six in the NFL. And Sean's Niners are doing that Sunday night. So he's got all afternoon go. to get that NASCAR race I'm in and see what Chase can do. Sure all yeah. See what your Napa Hooters boy can do, baby boy. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so there, so there you have it. There's some a little bit of football talk, including some college, and of course baseball, NASCAR, and Lakers. So that does it for episode 85 of the Comboogies podcast, the second half of our second doubleheader in two straight weeks. Gentlemen, it's been uh, a blast. Take us away. Just like Mike said, it's definitely a double shot, guys. We had the interview with Frank Martin. Definitely check it out. He has some awesome projects coming out, and a awesome book that's out right now. The Macabre Motel and the Comic Bookies podcast. A definitely uh, fun sports special for you guys. The championship in the NBA is over, the NBA or MLB playoffs, and all the other exciting sports games that are going on. Thanks, guys, for checking us out. Thanks for all your guys' interaction. Most importantly, just supporting us. We appreciate it. Mike will be giving you guys all the social media stuff that we're on, the exact names, but definitely keep interacting with us and checking us out and all the future things that we got coming out. Definitely, Sean. Well put. Thank you, uh, Frank Martin, for hopping on again. Like Sean said, check out his book, The Macabre Motel. And yeah, shout out to all these other countries that keep on uh, downloading our stuff. Honduras last week. We get La France uh, this week. We're getting Yemen, the Middle East. I mean, we're getting put all over the globe, guys. This is what we sought out to do, baby, when we started the Comic Bookies podcast. We know there's comic readers all over the world. More importantly as well, there's soccer fans all over the world for every sport and all over the world. People love sports. People love reading. People love adventures. And this is what we do every week. We try to give the fans an adventure uh, our interviews, we try to give them a little insight and adventure as well. And most importantly, guys, uh, our American fans, we're getting down to an important time in our country, guys. 
There's a couple weeks from this election tonight as we record. There's no Thursday night football I mentioned because we were supposed to have a presidential election, man. Whichever way you guys go, I don't care. Uh, libertarian, Green Party, Democrat, Republican. Hey, we're all one. We're one country. We got to come together. Yeah. Uh, Get out there me? and vote. Get out there and vote. It does not matter who you vote for. It does not matter. You got to look at your brothers and sisters. You got to look left. You got to look right. If that makes any sense to you, I'll say it again, guys. You got to look left. You got to look right. You got to be, you know, you got to respect everyone's opinion, guys. And most importantly, you know, just just keep it 100 and just, you know, just in, enjoy the voting process. Enjoy what is going to be and just enjoy this country and just hope for the best and pray for the best because it's the best country in the world, man. And, and and whoever wins this election, I just hope that whichever president it is, that they succeed. I want every president to succeed. And I hope you guys do, too, man. So let's make it happen. It's coming down to the nitty gritty and just uh, uh, pray and hope for America because this is the best country, baby. Let's go. Yes, sir. We are in four out of seven continents, fellas. All we need is Africa, Australia, and the lone scientist down there in Antarctica. So um, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Comic Bookies. Email us thecomicbookies at gmail.com. Check out the YouTube page. Just search the Comic Bookies and find out all of our videos. You will definitely enjoy them. Again, thank you, Frank Martin. Go check out his Kickstarter, the Macabre Motel. Please, he's 100% funded already, but fund him some more. So for Mark and for Sean. Everyone, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy each other. Peace out. We'll see you next week. Peace. Always enjoy each other and enjoy that voting process. Let's go, America. America.